It's time for Health, Happiness, and Healing with Hippocrates on Legends 100.3. Brought to you by the Hippocrates Health Institute in West Palm Beach. Call for your tour today, 561-471-8876, or visit HippocratesHealthInstitute.org. Now here are the hosts of Health, Happiness, and Healing with Hippocrates, Anna Maria and Brian Clement. This is Health, Happiness, and Healing with Anna Maria. And Brian Clement from Hippocrates Health Institute. Uh, today we're going to jump right into what all of us are thinking about and dreaming about and uh, locked in our homes and apartments all over the world uh, with the coronavirus. And uh, we're very fortunate uh, that today we have uh, one of the top complementary health physicians in the world on with us, Dr. Joel Furman. And many of you remember Joel. Uh, he is noted for his PBS specials and many successful books, top-selling books. And why we like Joel more than uh, just all of those interesting, spectacular things is he's down to earth, he has massive experience, and he's a truth teller. So welcome, Dr. Furman. How are you today? I'm doing great, and glad you guys are well, too, and thanks for having me on the show. Good. So mm -hmm. let, let me just ask you, uh, without probing, what have you learned about this virus uh, and just kick it off, and then we'll take it in each segment, what people can do so they can get their papers and pens out and start writing down our advice. Well, I think what stands out most prominently to me is that this virus is most dangerous for the sickest and most unhealthy people who smoke cigarettes and eat unhealthy and become overweight Right. and destroy their health with eating the wrong foods, mm. and age prematurely. And in other words, the people at high risk of cardiovascular death, who have heart disease and high blood pressure, who have eaten themselves into bad health, are also at increased risk of this virus. And those people are at increased risk of all other diseases. And don't forget, let's say yesterday, about 2,000 people died of heart attacks in the United States, mm -hmm. yes. and about and about 10 or 15 may have died of coronavirus. And, it's, and so what we're saying is that your risk is about 100 to 1 higher of having a heart attack than you eat conventionally. But if you eat conventionally, you're at a high risk of both those diseases. Right. And, that's, and, those are the, and in other words, um, if we want to protect ourselves, we know how. And maybe the silver lining in this is that people, you know, maybe not, but maybe people will learn that they, can, they have some power to protect themselves against not just heart attacks, diabetes, but also against infections through nutritional excellence. And that being overweight and obese is not is a risk factor for all these diseases, including dementia and depression and cancer yes. and the coronavirus. Every you know? right. single one. I mean, look at yeah. that. That is a message that's coming over loud and clear. And I just hope people open their minds, their hearts, and their ears on this. Are you hearing that more people are, are interested in uh, wellness and lifestyle change now since since this is coming up? How how much more um, sensitive they would be if they had diabetes, cardiovascular problem for the corona? No, I'm not. And that's the most shocking thing in the media <laughs> right. on the airwaves is that I'm like, I'm sitting here going, this whole society is crazy. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, because instead of us, we're recognizing with clarity that even the person, in, even that doctor in China who died yeah. at 34 was a smoker. Mm -hmm. you know? Yes. And, yeah. and, and we have we have sixty percent of the physicians in China smoke cigarettes. Hmm. You know, so instead of them saying smokers are at high risk, now's the time to quit smoking. Look at how many people that died who smoked cigarettes. 
instead of saying that, instead of saying, you know, when you eat on, when you live on white rice and white bread and flour and fried foods, <laughs> look at all the things, look at all the people that are dying. Instead of saying that all these things, look at the people with heart disease that are overweight, how, how risk factor and body weight and obesity is a yeah. risk factor. Now's yeah. the time to go on a diet. It's silence. We hear nothing. No. All you hear about is keeping your hands away from your face yeah. instead, of keeping your, instead of keeping your hands away from putting junk food in your mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and by the way, let's, let's wait for magic. Uh, the magic is they're going to make a pill that's going to wipe this out. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, people have been taking for a ride when it comes to ads on TV and, um, you know, what's okay for people for a long time. So, I mean, it's, it's sad. But, yeah. It's a sad diet. But all of us have been fighting a battle together. I mean, when people talk to us on a daily basis for decades, they said, we eat a good diet. We eat chicken. Mm-hmm. We eat eggs. <laughs> exactly. <No. laughs> well, they've been told that that was good. Yeah. Yeah. No. So. Uh, I know. Yeah. So we, you know, now we hear that there is so many things. Of course, we use it at the Institute, and I'm sure you use And now we hear about this hydroxychloroquine. <laughs> what do you think about that? Well, you know, I, um, I don't think that that's going to be the answer. No. And uh, I, I do think that, you know, that there is going to be some enhanced death from the vigorous use of medications by the medical profession, as there always are. Right. Because physicians... Um, take people into hospitals, they put them on antibiotics, they put them on antifungals, they put them on antivirals, mm-hmm. and, they, and, and being under conventional medical care itself and being in a hospital itself is risky. Oh, and boy. those drugs yeah. interact and can kill you. And p- part of those deaths due to people in, in who are serious, more seriously ill or susceptible getting to a hospital are going to be physician-induced and drug-induced deaths as well. And nobody's right. going to talk about that, and mm-hmm. nobody's going to mention that, that drugs put your, when you start throwing drugs and start mixing drugs, you're yep. placing yourself at risk. And it. so we, inherently we got to go back, always go back to basics. Mm-hmm. You know, the basics of excellent health, you know, getting enough sleep, you know. Um, we, we, you Hydration. Know, stop, yeah. Being right, out in fear, nature. Not, yes. Agitation, fear, um, sleep, exercise, all the things we do, and eating right, of course, being the most important thing, prevention of nutritional deficiencies. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that I'm so excited by the fact that we have access to better food. Like I see like microgreens and and, and more in the um, stores now, and I see, or just Mm -hmm. yesterday I saw baby red bok choy beans, yeah, baby yeah. red bok choy, mm. organically Beautiful. grown. Mm. I mean, yeah, they're gorgeous. Yeah. That, the point is, is that we actually, in the last decade, we've had more organic farmers and more people into regenerative agriculture, and we're actually seeing access to better food that are healthier than we've had even a decade ago. Oh, yes. but, nobody, but only a very small number of people are using the sprouts and the microgreens and the baby greens and all these vegetables that are so protective to them. And if I go there and I see a variety of different mushrooms and mm. blue mushrooms and trumpet. Well, these mushrooms have very powerful effects at immune protection effects against, but, no, but of course very few people are utilizing nutritional science That's as right. an avenue to protect, to arm themselves and protect themselves, like we are, like we guys are, you well, know? You know yes. t- today I had an interesting conversation with one of our guests. He's a, a MD, PhD, and he's uh, at Einstein, and he's a researcher on nutritional effect for psych- psychiatric concerns. And I just came out of one of the most interesting conversations I've probably ever had in my life, and that's been his whole passion now for 20 years. Uh, uh, Russian, moved to Israel, studied in Israel, uh, came over here, uh, worked with the top institutions, and he said, look at, 
He said, we have such overwhelming definitive data on this that there's nobody who reads it, even if they're against what I'm saying, that, that doesn't agree that nutrition not only affects the immune system, but affects the entire brain and the way we think. And so attitude, as we're saying, this fear factor that's going on right now that can be helped by nutrition. Mm. You, know, I, you know, I wrote a book about that. Kind I know of. you did. <laughs> I know you did. That's why I'm leading you right into that. <laughs> yeah, because you know that my book, Fast Food Genocide, yeah. is a lot about it. Because I know people, are, you know, the brain is like, people don't see that. They see all this increase in depression, the growing dysthymia in this country, the amount of yeah. anger, yeah. and the amount of mental illnesses gone to now affects, you know, what used to affect one in a hundred people, now it affects one in five people. That's and it. people don't link this to the fast food, the growth of the fast food industry, which mm -hmm. I'm obviously here. But of course, I'm saying here, I'm sure you see it at your facility, and I see it at my facility, that once people are eating healthfully, and they've lost their weight, and they start to enjoy the natural foods, and they realize the miraculous joy of, and, of, and wonder of what's in nature's foods to impart good health to a body, they become more grateful, more kind, their mental fog yeah. lift, yeah. they think more clearly, they become more creative, mm -hmm. they become happier. When you, when you um, improve your physical health, you simultaneously can improve your mental and emotional health. Yes. And especially, you know, and, and even, and of course we're talking here that um, all this miraculous powers of natural plants, but also this, um, the fact that modern nutritional science enables us to tweak and supplement a diet conservatively to prevent any deficiencies at the same time while establishing the baseline of nutritional excellence with a wide exposure to phytochemicals, antioxidants that we that is not available to our ancestors, they couldn't get wild blueberries in the winter time and all the exactly. variety right. of exactly. green, greens and mushrooms we could get today. And mm -hmm. I and I say, you know, that the, that even the blue zones are not representative of the healthiest way to eat because they're just eating what's customarily available in those areas, but they don't really have the not science designed and targeted to maximize human longevity and human immune function. Yeah, it's, it's mm -hmm. amazing, you know, for years we were challenged when I'd be speaking at medical schools and they, we don't have the data, so about a decade ago I spent three years uh, writing a series of books on phytochemicals, these elements, mm -hmm. uh, they're academic books, food is medicine. And even though I published them, people are still fighting about it. The academics are still saying there's not enough science. And the, the greatest story on that one, I was speaking at Harvard and what happened is one of the, the loudest doctors that challenged what I was saying, uh, I had just quoted a study from Harvard. And I was lucky enough to know that the floor this gentleman worked on, this MD uh, researcher, literally was the same floor that that research was conducted on. So I said, after he asked this very abrupt question, and how do you know this is true, and, and do you have uh, enough evidence of this? I said to him, look, at what I'd strongly advise you, get up off your chair and walk down the hall and meet this doctor I just quoted and ask him <laughs> if he fabricated it. <laughs> but, you know, the, the willingness to open up and to study, and I was speaking to a colleague yesterday, how dangerous are we? Imagine you, Joel, or Anna Marie and I, if we decided we're never going to study again. We're just going to do what we did 40, 50 years ago. And, you know, just because it worked then, uh, we don't want to know anymore. How dangerous would we be as healthcare professionals? Yeah, well, you certainly wouldn't be giving people the very best. And the very best is obviously 
better than the near best. And this is what people don't understand. They do what they want to do, what they feel like doing, what they they believe in these, their guru, and they do the wrong thing, like a religion. Yeah. But they don't see that the little errors, that the little off being off center, and the little mistakes yeah. can affect them if they have uh, you know genetic weaknesses or tendencies or or deficiencies. Yeah. And, and by the way, um, you if I if I wouldn't mind plugging myself. You know, talking about the medical references and reminding me of food is medicine is that my book, Eat for Life, which came out two weeks ago, just found out yesterday that it just became my seventh New York Times bestselling book. And it has more than 20, it has more than 2,000 scientific references corroborating. That, that happened in 14 that, days? Wow. Congratulations. Yes, in 14 that, days. Do you wow. think it was a sexy well, picture on the cover that did it? <laughs> 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 Did you use that picture from when you were 18 again? <laughs> yeah, I mean, how much evidence do we all need? Yeah, I think I mean, we've been writing about it for yeah. so many books People and so many change. years. They want evidence. <laughs> they don't want to change. <laughs> you give them the evidence and they'll change anyway, you know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. There's such an over, overwhelming amount of evidence yes. today yeah. that, we all, that, that we should be, there should be so much agreement yeah. among us. But there's so much disagreement among people, yeah. needlessly and mm -hmm. and almost angrily and, and infuriatingly. Yeah. It's like there's so much um, divisiveness. It's well, so anyway, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and well, people are so they're so um, angry to hold on to their prior beliefs and myths, and so yeah. inflexible. They're protective of this of their diet landscape it's just incredible it's like they're fighting between religion yeah it's, it you know, really is it's fanaticism yes. it's a zealot it's not fanaticism yeah well and that's and, why and yeah when people come three weeks at the institute then you know they hate it then they start liking it and then they love it so uh, you know everybody needs to give it a chance a long time but you know yes, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, let's go back for the listeners because most of them have never heard somebody ask this question mm -hmm. so you're a young guy you decide you want to be a doctor Tell me in one sentence why you decided you wanted to be a doctor. Because it was excited by the power of nutritional excellence to enable people to reverse serious diseases, yeah. which the medical profession does not offer that option. Being on drugs that cause cancer for the rest of your life mm. is not a viable option when you have asthma, multiple sclerosis, psoriasis, Sjogren's mm. syndrome, and, and, and five, being on a drug that causes cancer and is going to kill you yep. is like making a pact with the devil. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. realized when I was young, there's got to be a better way. And I went to medical school to work on and teach and to have fun and get me personally satisfied from watching people enable recoveries through natural methods. And that's what I've enjoyed doing my whole career. It's been extremely um, rewarding to watch people be able to get well and to be able to offer people that hope and watch this really work for people. Can you imagine your colleagues, our colleagues, that went in for a similar enthusiasm, they're 17, 18 years old, pre-med, and they have that level of enthusiasm, and then they get entrapped into prescription writing, and how unfulfilling it is. I mean, the whole purpose why they wanted to be doctors is to help and they don't have the ability, either, or they have only a partial ability. Now, of course, we're barring ER doctors who are heroic and saving lives on a daily basis, but the average practitioner today is unfulfilled, and that's the attitude that the patient gets when they see that poor woman or man who's exhausted and not happy about what the results are. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, I hate, you know, you know, it's like, unfortunately, the pharmacology... 
um, the pharmaceutical company are still the centerpiece of medical care, and taking drugs is still the centerpiece of medical care in the modern world in the United States, and it's a proven failure. It's not, we're not wiping out heart disease, we're not winning the war on cancer, we're not stopping people going to nursing homes, we're not halting dementia, right. we're not going away with strokes and people are not getting dialysis. If anything, we're seeing an explosion of people needing nursing homes, needing dialysis, needing hospital beds and things. Yes. So the medical profession is a proven failure, and the fact that it's so difficult to get this message out yeah. is you know, even though we're, you know, we're always screaming from the rooftops and there's a lot of enthusiastic people and we've saved a hundreds of thousands of lives, it's still a mere small percent. Yeah, a drop in the bucket. Yeah. Yeah. Drop in the bucket. It's a drop in the bucket because yeah. made, most people are just totally brainwashed yeah. with, non with nonsense and doctors are enablers. Because when you come in and take a medication to lower your blood pressure, lower your blood sugar, lower your blood your cholesterol level, they, it, it just, it, it, and the numbers look better. After yeah, you yeah. take the medication, you think you're better, and you think that's the answer. It's magic, yeah. really. Yeah. yeah. And and you know, for a second, if we talk to anybody over 65, because now if you're over 65, it's like you're done. I mean, that's like you're yeah, feeling you're, like you're inevitable. You're gonna get this virus and croak yeah. at this point. <laughs> so, yeah, right. We better card you. Are you close to that age or not? <laughs> I'm 66. Oh, oh that's, that's it. You're you're in trouble. <laughs> but that's my chronological age, not my biological. No, age. of course you, not. That's why they bought the book. He looks like a stud puppy. I'm telling you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, everybody over 65 needs to realize it's your lifestyle. It's your it, yeah, exactly. It's not your chronological age. Yeah. Well, how and, many 66 year olds do we know that are healthy? or then 20-year-olds that we work with in our practices. I mean, yeah. yeah, so then people have to realize when you're seeing a young person get sick, or you know, it's all relative to their innate um, health practices and the health, healthy they live. And when you see these people in the newspaper that are hurt or die or something, they're never going into, well, what was their lifestyle? How yeah. overweight were they? What was right. their percent body fat? What was their diet like? How much junk were they smoking? How much were they alcohol mm -hmm. were they drinking? Blah, 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 blah. Right. Nobody's going into that with them. They just they, they, they make it think like they're just killed by a virus. Exactly. It's so, it's so inappropriate. So has, yeah. has your phone been ringing with people that are concerned about this? Corona's virus? No, not really. You know, because I, you know, I have my, people can ask me questions on, the, on my members, you know, on my website. I have, I put out a video about it. I blast people information so people who, you know, who are my email list get information from me regularly. Um, so I don't, we're not really getting a lot of phone calls. I think my clientele are more educated. Yeah, yeah, they probably are. What's your website, Dr. Furman? Uh, unusual, um, surprisingly, it's drfurman.com. <laughs> That's a, how do you ever get that one? There's so many Dr. Furmans out there. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. That's, that's D-R-F-U-H-R-M-A-N.com. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little <laughs> bit about what you say in the new book that would relate to this virus that's global. Uh, tell us a, you know, the, a little bit about, because I haven't had the opportunity and to the read And the title this book. of the new book again. Yeah. The title of the new book again is Eat for Life. It's my latest book, and I intend it to be my last book. Because I've written 12 books, and I feel like I'm taking a break right now. Okay. So, That's what I said 12 books ago. <laughs> <laughs> then I learned more, and I'm like, I'm, I'm running, and I'm reading. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so 
in that, I'm sure you're talking about the immune system. So but let's let's make this really understandable to people, the brilliance of your immune system. You, you hear the term in medicine, immunology, and they usually are trying to manipulate the immune system, which is a gathering of brilliant cells. It's really proof of God, as I say. And you have cells that take care of viruses and bacteria and mold and yeast and fungus and parasites and cancers. And right. each and every one of those cells know exactly what to do. If our brains could work nearly as efficiently as those immune system cells. So talk about it from that angle in this new book uh, and how you, you would address this. If somebody says to you, I'm afraid to get this virus or I have this or my child or my grandmother has this virus, what would you right. tell them about immunity and how it works? Well, number one, I would say that the body has a miraculous system of checks and balances with not just one defender at the gate of the castle, but multiple defenders that back up each other when one fails, and that a healthy body, a virus doesn't stand a chance in a real healthy body, and viruses are able to um, alter their DNA, replicate and invade cells, and escape capture by the immune system when deficiencies are present. So it's mostly, a, so when a person gets Guillain-Barre syndrome mm. and gets paralyzed from a simple Coxsackie virus, right. or they get a cytokine storm from a simple coronavirus, it always and almost always reflects some degree of impairment of immune function because that wasn't supposed to happen and the virus wasn't, wasn't allowed to cause that damage if the immune system was functioning properly. And the same immunoregulation that enables the body to seek out abnormal cells and remove them before they can replicate and become cancer, that same ability has the ability, the same immune cells have the ability to recognize bacteria and viruses and other, um, and other abnormal cells in the body and get rid of them, engulf them, surround them, and prevent them from causing damage. And it's so, it's so efficient how the body does it. And it's, there's even some benefit from having simple cold viruses and things. There's even some benefit to getting exposed to them. Yes. Right. Because it acts, because the immune system mm -hmm. learns how to do this through life, yep. and it uses those viruses to, to detoxify the body and remove excess metabolic waste and reactive oxygen species. Yep. It primes the body for to get more de defensive and to stop viruses before they can replicate. And we know that, you know, let's so we know that so many people who get this COVID virus 19 are not hardly even getting sick. Yes, so many people who get it are, are they're, they're ending it. They're, they're feeling like a little weak for a day or two, and then they feel better, which is way, which would happen with most healthy people. It's just show, and who's talking about? Well, why are these people hardly even getting sick from this? Mm -hmm. Well, obviously, healthy people shouldn't get very sick. It just shows the way a healthy immune system has the ability to act should react and will react. And it's not too soon or too late to start. It's right. amazing how quickly you can improve immune function. And that's why I start giving um, native people who've been living, who are unhealthy and have poor, you know, skin carotenoid scores and poor levels of nutrients in their tissues, I start right away putting them on vegetable juice to increase the digestibility and absorption of those nutrients quicker into the body over a period of weeks, not exactly. months. So they start to, so I have them give them a juice of maybe one-third lettuce, one-third cruciferous, and baby vegetables, and one-third maybe carrot and beet. So I start giving them some nutrients so they can get their, and then eating a big salad every day so they start mm. chewing really well into liquefying their mouth. And I'm measuring how long it takes to get their nutrient levels better and their immune function better. Mm. 
and it's not going to take years or months. You could that's ways we, there are ways we can speed it up. And yes. I, you know, that's why I'm giving people like them extra mushroom extracts and a little bit of you know stuff like that to get there to make it quicker. But it, but of course it's an opportunity. Let's talk about the um, you know the silver lining in the cloud because maybe we can get people eating healthier, staying eating healthy for the rest of their life, mm-hmm. realizing this is not the last severe infection they're going to come and virus they're going to be in contact with, and there's so many benefits. So living naturally, living, you know, without using so much petroleum fuels, eating lower on the food chains, growing more of our own food, growing, sprouting and growing, you know, doing our own things that we can do for our health. All these things that we can do now should be continued through the future. And this may have an effect on these people and others to better their health and better our environment. And, the, and of course, of course, we all want to better the potential of our planet is to support human life oh, yeah. and not destroy the and planet in the process, and we can help that too. Yeah, and walking and exercise, whatever. I say to people, pick up some water bottles and use them for weights if you can't, because right now the gyms are gyms closed. Gyms are closed. Everything's closed. So right? you, you probably have water bottles at home and... And then well, we do sauna, and boy, that sauna, it kills tons of infections. Yeah, I mean, look at if you don't have a yeah. sauna in your house and if you have a bathtub, uh, yeah. get ginger powder. It's not it's a hot-selling item, but this is an old Ayurvedic thing. If you get a ginger powder and put about a half a cup into a large tub of very hot water, get in there up to your nose mm-hmm. so you can just breathe, and try to sit in there for 20 to 30 minutes, ideally just before you go to bed at night. Uh, and then wrap yourself in cotton towels and go to bed, put a couple of towels down, you know, over the sheet. You'll be perspiring. You're going to be perspiring, and it's, it's an amazingly effective way to heat the body up. All you have to do, we know, is spike the temperature by a half a degree to start killing microbes, ca- uh, viruses, bacteria, et cetera. And then, of course, saunas are all great, and the best of all the saunas are infrared saunas. But probably if you're looking at going out to get one today, most of the centers are closed. Hmm. But in the future, as you know, uh, Joel, Everyone should consider having one of these in their house. Anna and I do a sauna 365 days a year. Every day. No matter where we are in the really? world. Really? You do it every day? Every, every day. day. <laughs> yeah. I have one in my house, but I'm too busy to use it. For <laughs> time. You know what, what we're going to do is we're going to call up and have your office in the sauna, so they have to come and see you in the sauna. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's You know, great. but even, even a chair is or a staircase is a gym in your own house. You have exactly. it. You're right. People yeah. don't realize. Yeah. 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 I do like... You know, I lie on the top of the stairs and I do my leg lifts so I can drop my heels below the level of the staircase, my back lying up on top. And then right. I go up and down the stairs and I hop up on one foot and I hop <laughs> down and you go up and down. You know, and it's like a stairmaster. But it, it is true. I mean, people make excuses rather than make progress. And, you know, that's the problem. We'll be right back. 